Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 28. Here's Pastor Ryan. Second Chronicles chapter 28. Give me an amen once you are there, please. Ahaz was 20 years old when he became king. And he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem. And he did not do what was right in the sight of the Lord, as his father David had done. For he walked in the ways of the kings of Israel and made molded images for the Baals. The Baals, as you know, are the fertility pervert gods of the Canaanites that the Israelites were worshiping and and offering their children in the fires of Baal uh, in order to have a, a favorable harvest. And so this King Ahaz uh, began to reign at age 20, and it says that he reigned 16 years. King Ahaz, if you remember, he had a father that was a good example. Jotham, in the previous chapter, he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, and he reigned about 16 years as well. His father did what was right in the sight of the Lord, and God blessed him because of this. His father was blessed. He was so blessed that... uh uh, he began to to honor God and 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 build up Jerusalem, build up the gates and build up the walls and the fortresses and cities out in the forests and really just did a wonderful thing for Judah, the kingdom of Judah. Uh, he even fought uh, the Ammonites and God gave him victory. And the Ammonites ended up giving him yearly tribute of silver, of barley, of wheat and and he was blessed. And it's said of him that he became mighty because he prepared his heart or he prepared his ways before the Lord, his God. Jotham became mighty because he prepared his ways before the Lord, his God. He lived a life, a daily life. He had a daily walk where he prepared himself to walk right before God. That's why he was blessed. So now here's his son who has every opportunity to follow his father's footsteps, but every generation must choose who they're going to worship. And so King Ahaz decides to go the other route. He It says here that he did not do what was right in the sight of the Lord, and he, as his father David had done, speaking of King David, and, and how David was a man after God's own heart. We know how wonderful he walked with the Lord. And uh, except for his great sin, but other than that, David walked with the Lord, uh, we're told, very well. And that's why he's mentioned here. Ahaz chose not to walk like him, but he chose to walk like the kings of Israel in the north. And the kings in the north were, were wicked. They were evil. They were perverse. They were killing their children. They were Immoral in every single way they had turned from the Lord. God was not with the northern kingdom of Israel. But rather than walk with God, he chose to walk like them. And when in Christianity, when we 
talk about someone's walk, right? How is your walk with the Lord? We know what that means for those of us who have known the Lord for, for a while. There's some people who may not know. Walk means just basically your daily lifestyle. What is your daily lifestyle? Is our daily lifestyle one that we honor the Lord, that we seek the Lord, that we seek to walk like the Lord, that we seek to prepare our heart like Jotham before the Lord our God? Do we wake up? Is that our lifestyle? Is that your walk tonight? Ask yourself, that is my walk. Can you say that? I walk every day trying to prepare my heart daily to walk with the Lord. Or do we wake up and live our lives with the concerns of our flesh first? What am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? What am I going to wear? It's not to honor the Lord. We must ask ourselves how our walk is with God. Because he's coming back. And God is looking to show himself strong before people who will prepare their heart to walk with him, who will walk with them every day of their life. That is why Jesus said, for whoever desires to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me daily. It's a daily walk. Turn with me to Ephesians. It's a perfect book to uh, that illustrates the walk of the Christian. Ephesians 4. Give me an amen once you are there. Ephesians 4, verse 17. Paul says, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk, in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, uh, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanness with greediness, right? So we are called to no longer walk the way we used to walk, to no longer walk like the world walks. The world lives for it, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. There should be a clear distinction, the Lord says, on how we are walking. We should be able to examine ourselves, to test ourselves, and to be honest with ourselves and say, am I walking like the Lord or am I walking like the world? Because the blessings come when we choose to walk with Jesus daily and bad things or a lack of blessings come when we decide to walk the way the rest of the world uh, lives. In verse 1 of chapter 5 of Ephesians, of Ephesians, Paul says, therefore, therefore is there because you've been saved, because you've been forgiven, because Christ has forgiven you. Therefore, he says, be imitators of God as dear children. And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice uh, to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. And so we should walk uh, as imitators of Christ. And that's a good way of thinking it daily. How did our Lord live? How did our Lord walk daily? 
When we read the Gospels, we see that Jesus was prayerful. Jesus was in close relationship with the Father throughout every moment of the day. And the Bible tells us to pray nonstop, to pray without ceasing. The Bible teaches us to be mindful of the things of heaven and not of the things of this world, that we should put our minds on the things above, not below. And so if we would wake up tomorrow and just say, okay, I'm going to walk as an imitator of Christ. How did he live? How did he walk? And then just pray to the Lord and ask him, Father, help me to walk and to live like Jesus. And it begins with the study of his word as he commands all of us to study the word of God, to show ourselves approved, workmen that needed not to be ashamed. My brother Dan right here prayed that, Lord, you would give us an appetite, a hunger for the word. The more of that word we get into us, the more we become like Jesus. And then prayer, enough prayer so that our hearts are settled, so that the anxiousness and the worries and the temptations go away. Jesus said to pray lest you enter into temptation. Jesus said to pray lest you lose heart and Walking as imitators of Christ is not walking around like we've lost hope, like we've lost our heart, like we're discouraged, like we're always sad. Some people think Christianity is about being sad all the time. In reality, it's about being joyful and rejoicing, even when times get tough. But we must walk like Christ. He was indeed a man of sorrows, and there's a lot of things that that bring us to sorrow, godly sorrow. And then we, we, we weep and we, we, we mourn for this lost world. But we don't mourn and we don't weep like those who have no heart. He said, don't worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink or what you're going to wear. That's how the Gentiles live. But to be an imitator of Christ who had nowhere to lay his head. He had, he had no, nowhere to, to live our Lord. But yet he trusted the Father for his provisions. He walked in holiness. He walked in purity. And so we are told to do the same here. In Ephesians 5 verse 8, the Apostle Paul says to walk in light. He says, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. Right? Don't walk in darkness, but rather expose them. Expose them. Walk in light, we're told here. Walk like the Lord. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. We need to walk in the light of Christ. King Ahaz chose to walk in darkness. How are you and I choosing to walk daily? We can't be easy on ourselves. We can't be all all about grace and every day or every other day we're just 
you know, practicing sin, living for the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye or the pride of life. There has to be a breakthrough, and that breakthrough is choosing to walk closer to the Lord. And he, he said, Paul in Ephesians, that, that the, the fruit of the Spirit is, is, is goodness, right? Righteousness, right? And so test yourselves. Do you have the fruit of the Spirit? Do you have boldness? Do you have courage? Do you have excitement for the things of God? Or, or, or does, or does God have to like pull teeth in order to get us to do anything for Him? Think about that. Think about how the Holy Spirit moves through inactivity. Our faith is shown by works. If we don't have any works behind our faith, our faith is dead. We have to do stuff. That's why he saved us. King Ahaz did stuff, right? What did he do? It says here that he walked in the ways of the kings of Israel. He had a walk in his life. You know what I'm saying? Hey, he's doing evil, but at least he's doing something. Think about that. We're Christians. We need to do stuff for the Lord. What stuff? We find it out. Like Ephesians, Paul just said it. Finding out what the will of the Lord is. How do you find that out? You pray, you fast, you seek his word, you you make yourself available, you volunteer for whatever is needed. You know what I'm saying? Whatever is needed. You you interact with the leadership here. You 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 get yourself in. Like you really want to get yourself in. You don't want to get yourself in. God knows. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to walk that close with God. And Jesus said that we bear fruit if we abide in Him. And if we don't abide in Him, there's a breaking off of the branches. He says, stone into the fire. It's like there's no blessing unless we abide with Him. And that God is glorified if we bear much fruit. I was reading today in my devotion how Jesus in Mark 11, he, the week that he went to the cross, you know, he came across the fig tree and he thought there was, supposing there was some fruit on it because there were leaves. And he went to it, he was hungry and there was no fruit on it, it was just leaves. And he said, may no man ever eat from you again. And you know what happened? It was shriveled up by the next day by the, from the roots. And he did a lesson about faith, like, because the disciples were all, all concerned about, wow, how did you do that? But to me, yeah, there's the question of how did you do that? You're God. You're awesome. You can wither that tree quickly. But the other thing is that he was supposing there to be fruit there. And I believe it's the same thing with our lives. God supposes that we're bearing fruit. Lest he come and take a peek at our lives and it's nothing but leaves. No fruit. We need fruit. And fruit comes by being close to him. This wicked king had the fruit of evil. He walked in evil. He walked. You know what I mean? And it's almost like the Lord saying, hey, the sons of darkness, right? They're more shrewder than the sons of light. Why does he say that? He says that because those who are in darkness seem to care more about doing evil than some of us care about doing some good for the Lord. We're being outmatched by the wicked in zealousness, they're going after it, as they say. That's the term. Let's get after it, right? So he says these things. And these things are to encourage us. Why encourage us and why not it break us down to a point of not getting up? Because we serve a resurrected Lord. 
And my walk with God needs resurrection every day. Every day. I want to be better than yesterday. Don't you? We want to be, you know, so there's so much hope. It's time to let the let God work freely through us. But he works through vessels that are willing to be used by him. We spend a lot of time thinking about what we want, what we need, and what's comfortable and what's convenient, you know, or what people think of us. The Holy Spirit wants to move freely in our lives, and we have to be fully surrendered. I think fully, I'm learning. I've been walking with him for 23 years, and I'm learning what it means to be fully surrendered 23 years later. And it's like, just stop thinking of yourself, Ryan. That's, that's having a better walk. Stop thinking about what's convenient, what you want to do. What you, Just do what is needed. Do what he's asking. And not get technical about it. Well, that's not really my gift. Or I really don't have time. Okay, you really don't have time, then you really don't have time. It's between you and God. But the scriptures just are piercing, aren't they? They are sharper than a two-edged sword. Like there's no creature hidden from it. Not And not us either. <laughs> And so it's it's interesting. What are we caring about? Where, what is our master passion? Is our master passion on relationships that we want to work out? Is it on a job we want to work out? Is it on, on the things of this world? What we're going to eat, what we're going to drink, what we're going to wear? Who am I going to marry? Remember what Paul said on Sunday, right? In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, that we should, those of us who are married should be as if we were not. Like have just, you have to have concern for the service of the Lord. Not that you neglect your marriage, but that you, you do both. You know, you, you your life is serving the Lord. Um, but King Ahaz, what did he do? He walked in the ways of the kings of Israel. He made molded images for Baal. He made. He walked. He made stuff. He made stuff. I mean, here's this guy. Doesn't want to walk with God, but he wants to put things together. He wants to put an idol together that he can worship this false nothing God. But he's doing stuff. He's walking. He's making. It says then he he's also, he burned, right? So he burned incense in the valley of the son of Hinnom. There in Jerusalem, Hinnom is just south and west of the Temple Mount. Just south and west. That area, they would burn human sacrifices there. And they would also burn the city garbage there. And it would later be known as Gehenna. And Gehenna is, is a term for hell. And so that was, that, that is where that term would come from. But so he was walking, he was making stuff, and he was burning stuff. He's a doer, got to give him that, right? But he's doing evil. We're Christians. May we find, be found doing the works of the Lord when he comes for us. That is my goal as a servant, as a sheepdog, as a nothing, as just a pastor here for the Lord, for his people, if I can, t- we have to be doing stuff with good hearts, volunteering our time because he's coming. You don't want to be caught just chilling. Find out what the will of the Lord is. Find out. It's fun to serve the Lord. He will bless your life. I'm telling you, 
He will change you. He will transform you. I think there's people suffering with all kinds of sicknesses that just won't get healed until they start moving. That there's people struggling financially and, and they, you know, that there's prayers that they want answered, but they're, they're just not available. And we want, we are hopeful people. We are people of faith. We, 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 in contrast to King Ahaz, we want to walk with Jesus. We want to use our hands and our feet to do good when he did evil. We want to, you know, our hearts to burn if his are burning incense to these false gods. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's, it's good. It's really, really, uh, there's a difference. And it says here that in the valley of the son of Hinnom, which means constant burning, that he burned his children in the fire according to the abominations of the nations whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. How terrible, huh, guys? He burned his children and he sacrificed and burned incense on the high places on the hills and under every green tree. This guy was getting after it for the devil. He killed his children. Can you imagine that? He killed his children. He was that zealous for Satan. He was that zealous. You know, but maybe it started a little bit. Maybe with his father's good example, yeah, maybe he started with a little, a little walk towards the kings of the northern kingdom. And that led to then using his hands to mold maybe a small idol first. And then the debauchery got worse and worse because a little sin, a little leaven, leaven's a whole lump. It, it just destroys a life. And next thing you know, he's on this path and he goes so far over the edge that he kills his children in order to please fakeness, nothing, in hopes that what? The harvest would go well? His life would go well? And that's how Satan lies to so many people. Don't walk with God. Walk in your own ways. You have the knowledge. You have the way. You, you are the truth. You are the life. He does the opposite of what God says. You live your own way. And it just ends up getting darker and darker and darker. Until the point when you go to Target and you see this pride junk right there and then. As a church and as a pastor, I say to all of us, you need a boycott Target. Your days of Targets should be over. The Dodgers too. And you know me, I'm a big Dodgers fan. I was born right outside of the stadium at the Queen of Angels. Trust me, I'm a Dodger fan. But I'm done. I'm done. Think about Disney. Think about others. I don't mean to boycott everything, but when it comes to children, that's it. They burned children in this place called Gehenna, just south and west of Jerusalem. The place where children were burned, Gehenna, hell, that's what they called it. Our country is very close to hell. We are blessed because of blue skies and green trees and Beautiful mountains around us. Because God is good. 
He does not desire that any should perish. He is long-suffering. That's why he hasn't destroyed this world. Because he is waiting for the last Gentile to be saved. There are people out there that are going to be ushered into his kingdom. But this country is close to hell. Because rather than a junkyard to kill children like in our story here, we kill them in in sanitary, clean clinics with doctors in white robes. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We don't.